Now, you can flip over the back, take some notes, turn in your Bible to Psalm 114 and verse number 12. Psalm 114, verse number 12, going to attempt to segue into the lesson this morning with a couple of illustrations. Psalm 144, what? I'm sorry, it should be 144. You know, I'm tired and I'm old. Psalm 144 and verse number 12. This verse was the theme for our youth rally 2018. How many of you were there? 2018, okay? Psalm 144 and verse number 12. The Bible says that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. Let's let's pray together one more time. Father, help us, Lord, now as we study your word for just a little bit. Give us... Uh, light and guidance, direction and understanding. God, thank you so much for these young men and, and these young ladies. I pray they would order their steps in your word. Uh, God, I pray they trust you with all their heart, acknowledge you in all their ways. God, you give them clear direction. Help them to live lives that bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever needed to get somewhere and you weren't exactly sure how to get there, but you thought you had a pretty good idea? Some of you drive, I'm sure some of you not yet. Um, I've been driving for uh, something like 20 years now, and it was a couple weeks ago, and I'm so old I can't even remember where it is I was trying to go. But I needed to get somewhere, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I'd been there before, and so I thought, you know what, I don't need to put it in the GPS. I can just head that direction, and I'll figure it out as I go. How do you think that went? It, 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 it went as you might expect. It didn't go real well. I started going and figured out that I, I didn't have it figured out. Now, it would have been way better because I have a smartphone and I have data. I've got Google Maps and it would have taken like, I don't know, 10 seconds to plug the place into the GPS and figured out the directions before I even got started but you know that's not as cool as just being able to get in the car and start somewhere and end up in the right place or so I thought on this one occasion and so I I, I got going in in one direction and eventually I had to go back and put it into the GPS but by the time I did that well I'd already gone so far in the wrong direction it took me a lot of extra time to get where I needed to be, okay? And here's the illustration that I want to bring from that. Um, Young people, go ahead and just set in the GPS of your life where it is that you need to get and just go ahead and start following the directions from the outset. Don't coast through this time of your life Like you've already got it figured out where you want to be and how to get there. Don't just start trusting that you're going to figure it out as you go. Go ahead and get it figured out. And, And I'm not saying you have to figure out life. I'm just saying go ahead and plug the address in the phone so you can get the directions ahead of time so you don't have to get down the road and realize, wow, I went the wrong way. I'm going to have to go back. Don't wait until you're in your 20s. Don't wait until you're in your 30s to say, you know what? I wonder how I should have gone in this direction. I wonder what I should have done 
to get my life in the right place where I can glorify God and live for the Lord and be blessed and happy with the globe. Don't just coast through this time of your life without purpose, without intention, without instruction. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Just go ahead and decide right now, if you haven't already, and renewed that decision on a continual basis. I don't have this figured out. It's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. I need God to show me the way every step of the way. I want my path to be lit by the light of God's word. Okay? You need to go ahead and figure out where it is you want to be and then let God show you how to get there and just follow the directions. You'll, you, you'll save yourself a lot of headache. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache. You won't waste a lot of the precious time that you've been given by God. Okay. Now our lesson this morning, let's see if I can move that into another illustration in the passage that we're going to read. And this will just, this won't take long. I, I entitled the lesson, How to Clep Your Teen Years. And I do not do, um, what are these called? Acronyms. I don't do acronyms. This is not Normal. If, if, if you're in teen class Bible Baptist Church, I don't think I've ever done an acronym lesson. But I had this thought a couple weeks ago, and I thought this might be a good idea uh, for right after youth rally. We'll find out in the next 15 minutes whether it was or not. Um, when, I, when I was in high school, I started being homeschooled in the 8th grade. And then I fit four years of high school into three years. I graduated at 17, a year early. I started preaching when I was 13. I kind of gave a little bit of my testimony. And I wanted to go to Bible school, and I wanted to come here to the Bible school. But I'm so old that at that time, the Deland School of Bible did not exist. I remember when Lauren and I were 16, having a conversation where I told her, I really wish Brother James would start a Bible school. That was January 2002. I graduated in May. In October, we received the announcement announcing the establishment of the Deland School of the Bible that was going to start in January of 2003. So in January 2003, that's where I show up as a 17-year-old kid ready for my first semester of Bible college. And I went through that first semester and figured out by the end of it I was going to marry Lauren Riley. I was going to make her Lauren Brown. But by the end of that first semester, let's just, without going into details, um, half of my parental units were not real excited about me being out of the house at 17. I have no idea why. But so here, here's, here's, here's what the plan became, okay? I, I, I went back to Alabama, where I came from, after that first semester, and I was going to finish college and get a degree and then move back to the land just as quickly as I could. And so that's what I did, and I finished my last college course for my bachelor's degree right before I turned 20 years old. I, I, I took that four-year degree and I just I condensed it as much as I could. And I was highly motivated. I wanted, to buy, I, I wanted to go to Bible school and I wanted to marry Lauren. And college was what was standing in the way of accomplishing those two objectives. How did I fit all of that college into a short uh, span of time? There was something called a CLEP test. I mean, have you heard of a CLEP test, okay? A CLEP test is what enabled me to kind of 
fast track through college. I was able to get a head start on obtaining a degree. I was able just to really get ahead of the game and move here and marry Lauren and go to Bible school because I took some CLEP test. Let me see. What does CLEP stand for? I wrote it down in my notes because I never could remember. College level examination program. I remember one afternoon in particular, I went down to the local community college and I sat down for several hours and I took some tests and I came out that day with 12 hours of college credit, a full semester's worth. It was a sweet deal. As long as you pass, it was really a good thing, okay? So obviously with your upper level requirements, that wasn't a possibility. With all the core requirements, many of those I was able to clep out of. Now, here's here's why I say all that. Number one, because I want you to be impressed, okay? That's pretty impressive. Number two, I'm, I'm joking. Number two, the time that you're at in your life, it's all about preparation. And there are so many young people and so many Christian young people that totally waste their teen years and don't prepare themselves for whatever it is that God has in store for your future. But there are some things that you could start doing right now and some areas that you could start focusing on right now. And if you would do that, it would be like clepping out of your teen years. You would move into young adulthood so far ahead of the game with so many blessings and so many advantages and in a position to be successful. You want to look back on your teen years, not with regret, but with gratitude. You want to look back on this time in your life that you didn't waste it, but you've set yourself up for success. This is a critical time in your life. This is a serious time in your life. And there are so few that are serious about it. Okay? But if you could clap out, if you would not have to sit through the lectures and, and study for it and write all the papers, man, I saved a lot of time. Saved a lot of headache by taking a clap test. Now, here, here are the things that you can do as a young person to put yourself ahead. Here are the areas that you can focus on to set yourself up for excess. Here's how you can clip out of the teen years. Number one, you need to focus on character. I told you, it's an acronym. I don't do this. Character. The L stands for leadership. The E stands for evangelism. Let the P stand for purity. Four areas of focus that are going to set you up for success at this time in your life. If you would focus on character and leadership and evangelism and purity. How many of you know Benjamin Logan? Some of you know Benjamin Logan. He recently became the youth pastor at Sweet Springs Baptist Church in Ardmore, Alabama, where I grew up. As a kid, his dad, Brent Logan, is a pastor. Benjamin's a good friend. He let me be in his wedding. He's, he's that good of a friend. He's a great guy. I like Benjamin. He recently got married. He and his wife, and the young people, we were having some conversations. He was asking me, what do you teach in Sunday school? Are there topics that you continually address? 
And these four are kind of the topics that, that, that come up over and over again on somewhat of a cyclical basis because these are areas that are so important for you to focus on right now in your life. Character, leadership, evangelism, and purity. And we've attached just a couple Bible references to each of these so we can define them and discuss them briefly. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Go ahead and turn there quickly. Luke 2, 52. This is the example of Jesus Christ. How many of you ever read the book, The Teenage Years of Jesus Christ? Okay. It was 2008. I was at a youth meeting in Canada where Brother Jason Kendrick was preaching. And I had a conversation with Brother Kendrick. I was just asking, trying to get to know him. You know, you get to know somebody, you ask them questions. I was asking him, you know, are there any books that have really kind of changed your life that you would recommend? And he mentioned to me this book called The Teenage Years of Jesus Christ. I never heard of the book. And I thought, what in the world? The Teenage Years of Jesus Christ. The Bible says nothing about the teenage years of Jesus Christ. We've got his birth in Luke 2. We've got one instance from his childhood at the age of 12 in Luke 2. And then we skip ahead to where he's a carpenter at the age of 30, being baptized by John and beginning his public ministry. The Bible says nothing about the teenage years of Jesus Christ. How did a guy write a book about it? How did it change anybody's life? Well, that book is based on what we're about to read in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and the author did an incredible job. I'd highly recommend the book to anybody. I've got several copies in my office. Some of you may have picked one up if you said all your verses yesterday. Luke 2, 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The, the, the author took this passage and some others and just showed the areas of emphasis at this time in the life of Jesus Christ, who was God but in a human body and went through a lot of the same processes of growth and development and maturation. And he, he, he put this emphasis on character. Okay? Character. It's who you are when nobody's watching. It's who you are on the inside. And without character, it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what you intend to go on and do in your life, you will not be successful at anything if you don't have character. If you don't have honesty and integrity and a work ethic and some selflessness, you've got to establish those principles in your life right now. Or whatever you move into later on in life, you are going to be a failure because it takes character to succeed at anything. Maybe God is going to call you to be in the ministry. I hope that for some of you, not all of you, uh, you can't, half of you at least can't be preachers, right? But if God puts you in the ministry, you know what you're going to need? You're going to need to go to Bible college. You're going to need to learn God's word. You're going to need to study and read books. And maybe you're the smartest kid here this morning, and you're spiritual. You can be all that. But if you don't have character, you will never succeed in the ministry. You can have all the talent. You can have, you can have musical ability. Look, you... You could be the person that's the most popular, has the best personality. You can have all of these things going for you. If you don't have character, it'll fall on your face. Hopefully, all of you are going to grow up, and you're going to marry someone, you're going to have kids, you're going to have a family. You know, parenting is like the most difficult thing in the world. 
And you're not going to have a chance at parenting if you don't have any character. It takes hard work. You know, a marriage relationship is one of the, it's probably the greatest blessing this side of heaven. Do you know what it takes? It doesn't just, I mean, you don't just like magically fall in love and live happily ever after like the fairies. That's not how it works. You know what you got to work on it. It takes character. You cannot be a selfish person and have a successful marriage. You cannot expect to enter marriage selfish and then somehow become selfless now that you're with somebody you thought you liked 24-7, you're going to have to go ahead and learn right now how to put other people first. Go ahead and, and learn right now how to treat people, how to be nice to people. I'm still working on it. Talk to my wife. Just don't ask for too many details, right? Character. You've got to establish that now. Stop wasting your life playing video games. Stop sitting on your rear end, scrolling through social media. Do something. Develop some character. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Stop being childish. 2 Peter 1, 5. Add to your faith, virtue, knowledge. There are some things you need to develop in your life. The quote that I left you to fill out, you will one day be what you are now becoming. You will one day be what you are now becoming. You understand? You're headed in some direction right now. And whatever direction you're headed, that's where you're going to end up. That's how that works. When you travel down a road, you're going to arrive at the place where that road leads. I can't get on I-4 East and expect to get to Tampa. I want to go to Tampa. I got to get on I four west because it's across the state, right? So you can't be headed the direction of laziness and expect to be able to provide for your family. You can't be headed the direction of laziness and have a home that operates properly and smoothly with laundry done and bathrooms clean and dinner on the table. Character. Character. Leadership is the second area of focus. Leadership. I'm not a leader. Okay, here's another word for leadership. Influence. And you have it. And you're responsible for it. Hebrews 12.1 is your verse. We've got like three minutes. We're not going to turn. Hebrews 12.1 talks about we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. A lot of people make the people in Hebrews 11 the cloud of witnesses, but Hebrews 12, 1 says also, we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. So the people in Hebrews 11 had a great cloud of witnesses, and you and I have a great cloud of witnesses. Doesn't matter who you are, whether you think you're a leader or not, people are watching you. Doesn't matter who you are, whether you think you're a leader or not, Somebody's going to follow you. And you are going to answer to God for the leadership, the influence that you have on others. Romans 14, 7 says, No man liveth to himself and no man 
diet to himself. Hebrews 13, 17 speaks of those that must give account. You will give an account for the influence you have on the people around you. Let's just say they're following you. What direction are you headed? So much of the Christian life is about dying to self and denying self. And I know, especially as a teenager, it's weird, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable to kind of step out of the comfort zone, reach out to someone else, try to encourage them, try to bring them along. But look, the, the sooner you can learn to do that, to, to stop being concerned about yourself and start being concerned about others and helping them and blessing them, that is going to put you so far ahead of the game. That's going to set you up for success. That's going to make this time in your life productive. Learn a little bit of leadership. Okay. Then the third point, evangelism. This is something that, that we try to, to, to bring up over and over again on a constant basis. Probably our next series of lessons will focus on evangelism. Okay, And that is our responsibility to reach the world with the gospel. In John 17, Jesus Christ prayed for his disciples and he said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. He said, Lord, I am not going to pray that you take them out of the world. I am going to pray that you keep them in the world, but you keep them away from the evil in the world because I want to send them into the world. Right? If getting saved was all about going to heaven, you'd have gone the moment you prayed and trusted Christ. God left you here, but you know why he left you here? He left you here, he wants you to be separate, but he wants you to be separate so that you can reach people and take them to heaven with you. Evangelism's not just for the pastor. Evangelism's for the Christian. And you ought to go ahead and develop the habit right now of passing out gospel tracts. You ought to develop the habit right now of participating in your church's outreach ministries. You ought to go ahead and develop the habit right now of somehow figuring out how to open your mouth and speak up for Jesus Christ and engage people with the gospel. Evangelism. And the last area of emphasis is purity. Go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verses 19 to 22. Daniel purposed in his heart. He, he made the decision ahead of time. As Brother Haynes preached this weekend, he made the decision ahead of time. He was not going to defile himself. And that's an important decision to make. And I hope, I hope that you have. I hope that you will. Here is why we harp on purity. Second Timothy chapter 2, in verse number 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What was the name of Christ? What name was he given? It's not a trick question. You know this. Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Okay, if I'm a Christian, and if his name is Jesus, and that means salvation from sin, then let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It would be hypocritical to say that Jesus saves, but then continue in all of the sin that Jesus supposedly saves from. Verse number 20. But in the great house, they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet 
for the master's use and prepared. There's our word. And prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow. Okay, there's, there's two sides to this coin. Some things you need to stay away from, some things to avoid, but some things to chase after. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace within the calm Lord out of a pure heart. Here's the point from this passage. Purity. It's one of those things that is not a finish line. Purity in your life does not mean that you have arrived. Okay? It does not set you apart as the super spiritual Christian in the youth group. All right? Now, if you're going to be happy, you've got to tie some knots. You've got to refuse to do some things. Associate with some people. Okay? But that is not the measure of success that is what sets you up for success. Do you see the difference? The purpose of biblical separation is so that you can be spiritual. Separation is not what makes you spiritual. Separation is what enables you to become spiritual. Verse number 21 says, prepared unto, meet for the master's use. Here's why purity is so important. So that God can use you. God's not going to use a dirty vessel. Keeping yourself pure is necessary so that you can enter into whatever it is that God has for your life. And he has something specific for your life that he created you for and fitted you for and suited you for. And you don't want to miss it. And the quickest way to miss it is to just go and defile yourself. Okay? So character, leadership, evangelism, purity. I'll give you a huge head start. That will set you up for success. That's how to clep out of your team leaders. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us and these young people. God, I pray. Lord, you help them to make the most of these years in their lives, to make the right decisions, or to go on and serve you and bring you glory. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thanks.